So welcome to Ken Hill Podcast 57. Nope, this is not Ken Hill. This is Zach Cooper taking over Ken Hill's podcast. He still unfortunately doesn't have sponsors. As a, a friend of Ken, I will make a plea to sponsor him, if for nothing else, that he stops complaining to me. So, you know, Ken is all big on riding technique. And yeah, that's, that's all nice and fine and well, but, but let's be honest here, we're all gearheads. And in the last two weeks, Ken has had the opportunity to ride two of my dream motorcycles, the BMW HP4 and the Ducati, Ducati Panigale V4 Special. And, you know, instead of talking about brakes and eyes and all that fun stuff, I, I figured we're just going to put them on the spot and we're going to talk about those two bikes because let's all be honest, that's what we're interested in. So, Ken, we got these two bikes. We're going to discuss them both. The first question is just which is better? Which, which, which one do I buy? I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm going out. Yeah. I, so, so first of all, yeah, Zach kind of cornered me and said, uh, hey, we're doing this podcast. He goes, you know, you talk about, you talk about all this riding, you know, riding techniques, but God damn it. I want to know, know bikes. And I am blessed to get, a ride, to get to ride a bunch of different bikes. And so, yeah, of course, you know, Zach, uh, you know, skipping the foreplay here, which one is better? Yeah, let's, let's get into it. Yeah, so I, I was pretty blessed to be able to ride both these bikes, um, uh, the new HP4 and uh, the new V4 Ducati, and especially the the whatever the yeah, special super edition, crazy, fancy, right, crazy, crazy, -calore. whatever the hell it is. It looked good. It's absolutely positively amazing. I got to ride the HP4 up at the Ridge, um, a good friend's bike. And of course, I've been wanting, I've been lusting over the thing for quite a while because it's, I mean, it's incredible, right? The thing weighs nothing. It's supposed to weigh like 325 dry. HP4 full carbon frame. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Carbon it's, wheels. Everything. You know, incredibly light. 200, I mean, at, at that day, the thing dynoed out at over 200 horsepower. And of course, it weighs absolutely nothing. Full uh, World Superbike, Owens front end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's everything. The electronics package, um, you know, basically has a lot of World Superbike um, technology in it. I mean, just amazing, amazing motorcycle. And bike had not been touched. Literally no settings have been touched other than some electronics. Um, he put some uh, personalized stuff for the, the electronics for him. Uh, chassis was bone stock. Um, the Ducati I got to ride at Miller Motorsports Park East Track. And a uh, new bike had been broken in. And uh, I got to ride it. And same thing. We just put the electronics in the, in the base race mode and stock tires and... Here off, you go. Off we went. Here you go. I know. See, do you see how I'm avoiding no, no, answering no, the question let's, let's, yet? Let's get into this. So, yeah, I'll start off with the HP4. Uh, so I get on the HP4 and I rode it at the Ridge, which has an incredibly um, long front straightaway. Also, it has three first gear corners. And so I immediately rolled out of the BM BMW. And the first thing I notice is it feels less weight than an R3. It was <laughs> it was shocking. I mean, even though I was sort of prepared for the, for the lightweight, I was, I was blown away and you just have essentially a little bit sort of like no gyroscopic effect, you know, from the wheels on the bike and just the, the overall light feeling. And of course you get to accelerate onto the front straight at, at the Ridge. And of course I can't help myself. And, uh, I had to think tapped, uh, as, as I, as I rolled out there and the acceleration, um, you know, even, even for, you know, my, my sense of speed, the acceleration was pretty breathtaking. I was, I was pretty shocked. Coming down into the you know the first couple of corners, again I had to reprogram my my brain on how light and and easy uh, it steered. And is that a good thing, like that light, or is it almost? Um, it was, honestly it was it almost felt too light. I had um, an overall disconnect feeling um, from the bike, and I, you know I thought, well, okay, I'm not putting enough force into it, and you know I just but but honestly both front and rear I just feel like I'd never had the contact patches 
connected uh, to the to the track. Really, a tendency for the bike not to have um, the front end on the ground. But even you know mid corner just didn't feel like I had a lot of contact patch with the bike. And I, I didn't ride the bike super long, but I can tell you this much. On my first flying lap, I was less than 10 seconds off the track record, and the bike was extremely pissed off. I mean, it was just a very, very angry, angry motorcycle. The electronics was was brilliant. I mean, it was typical, you know, German German engineering. So we have a quick, of course, I, you know, having worked for German companies before uh, in the car business, uh, a quick little fun fact on, on, on Germans. So do you want a quick fun fact on German? Give it to me. There's no fun. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, and this bike sort of uh, uh, replicated that. It was all business. Um, it's, it's just out there. To- it, it's it's just an extremely pissed off motorcycle with with one purpose. So the things that 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 shown to me just in in some in some of the cool things of the bike, gearbox worked absolutely flawlessly. The electronics worked flawlessly. I mean, just the the auto blip downshifts. You almost didn't feel it going to the next gear. Just super seamless. Three first gear corners, the, the transmission ratios were incredibly well-spaced, um, very close ratio box, use first gear, but also on uh, at the ridge topping out, almost uh, not quite rev limiter in um, six gear on the front straight, 180 miles an hour, whatever the heck it was. Uh, it goes through the gears absolutely incredibly quickly. Um, you're, you're, you're shifting gears literally as fast as you, can, as you can push the lever down. So yeah, to go back on electronics, electronics is brilliant. Really nice to see the TC, not uh, the typical BMW TC, which is um, late and intrusive. Here it came in pretty early, still a little bit intrusive. Um, Wheelie control, I thought, was maybe a little bit late as well. But electronics were absolutely, absolutely great. Except um, I did have some engine braking issues um, with it. So going down from third to second and then second to first, had a really sort of um, kind of a delay with the engine braking, and that caused me to essentially get shoved into the corner um, with not a lot of control. So I had some issues with that. The and then it, so basically, I, I just I just had to go to the brakes early, not yeah. get into that zone. So electronics were great on it. So it sounds like you were sort of chasing setup. If you had two days, you think you'd get this thing up and running, or is this just? A handful, and so I think. So I think if you had some time on the bike, yeah, you could you could chase it. The bike definitely wanted force to be you know put into it, but I still felt a, you know a serious disconnect on the bike. Um, it, it felt very stiff and rigid, and not just suspension rigid, but I mean, you the difference in I would say the carbon frame was was very very noticeable, uh, where the bike just was not very forgiving. So yeah, just even you know the pace I was at, which was which was okay, but not not super not super crazy fast. Um, I just the bike just felt very very stiff and uh, unforgiving for me. You know, I think yeah, I think I think the difference with this bike is I think you could absolutely do the business on it. My guess is you'd be absolutely completely wiped out doing it. Um, just the amount of mental attention, but the you know the the physical attention uh, with it as well was tough in even adjusting turning rates. I mean, I struggled a little bit with some of the turning rates just because the other bike turned so incredibly quickly. Um, so that was a little, that, that part of it was a little bit different. How, you know, how you put yourself on the bike, um, made a big difference. Ergonomics on the bike also were, were pretty darn good. It wasn't, you know, BMW typically has pretty roomy ergonomics and this, this also was good. I didn't feel cramped on it at all. Um, fuel tank shape, I wasn't thrilled with. It's just very difficult to kind of support myself with the fuel tank. Uh, but overall ergonomics with with uh, bar to seat to peg relationship uh, wasn't bad. 
So fast track day rider, you know, the, the person's out doing 158s at Chuckwalla. They're, they're looking through road racing world and they see this thing in the cover. Should they run out and, and buy one? Is this the, the missing ingredient for two more seconds? Yeah, I think if they want a, I think if they want a, a cool bike um, to ride around and enjoy the exotic nature of it, um, then they, yeah, absolutely. Do they want, if they want a bike to improve their riding, no, <laughs> it's too pissed off. I mean, you're the amount of mental energy that it takes to run this bike um, is uh, it, it's, it's gobsmacking how hard it is, how hard it is to ride. So I would, I, you know, I think that part would be difficult and you'd almost be disappointed in it. Can you go quicker on it? Yeah. But um, the amount of time it would take to get used to it and then going back and forth with different bikes as well, I think would be a little bit difficult. I mean, there is something about buying a race bike from a factory. You know, it's like the fit and finish. You know, I feel like we buy these bikes, we do all this aftermarket stuff, and it's never as good as it was stock. Yeah. So the funny part of this is, is you know, even, even it's typical BMW, right? The bike is absolutely gorgeous. It is amazing. And even like if you look at the handlebars, right? There's a zip tie on each one of the bars for some of the wiring harness. The zip ties are in the exact same spot. <laughs> They're spaced exactly the right amount. And even the way the wiring goes, I mean, it's just completely professional. It is just so well put together. It was absolutely, I mean, it was just a joy to ride something that had that type of professionalism in it. I mean, that, that part of it, I loved. I mean, I just thought it was so cool um, to have that type of technology and that type of well put together, you know, factory race bike, because it, it absolutely reeked of that. It was just so, so cool. And yeah, I am a big proponent of having a bike that's put together, you know, with, you know, a known quantity, right? Known, known suspension pieces and, and known electronics. And this bike, it, this bike definitely was all of that, um, even though it was just uh, an extremely pissed off turbine motorcycle. Now I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot. We're going to talk about the sexiness factor. And, and on our, our sexiness scale, we're going to sort of do one to 10. One is like TTR 125 that's sitting in my garage <laughs> that, that just barely turns over. Um, 10, we're going to see is that like production version of the, the Honda MotoGP bike. So, so, so in that TTR to, to Honda MotoGP, where, the, where is this thing looking on? Just the, sheer sexiness. Like, yeah. I, that thing's in my pits. What do we think? Yeah, it's a 9.5. Okay. It's, yeah, it's it, that. Yeah, it's a 9.5. It's... It's amazing. I mean, yeah, you just look at it and it drips, it just drips, you know, bitching badass proper everywhere. Um, and again, you know, it, it just looks angry. It just looks pissed off. And uh, I mean, I, no, it I, turns out it is pissed it off. It is pissed <laughs> off. Yeah. And I, I, I do enjoy that. I think that that is a cool, um, I think that is a cool thing. Um, you know, but you have to put that, it, I'd say, you know what, I'd say it's more a little bit in the gearhead style, right? Okay. Where, you know, the serious guy riding it, um, even though it's very easy if you're going to you, know, you can go build an R1 and put 80 grand in the thing if you, if you, you know, go completely, um, batshit crazy with it. But in this case, um, yeah, the cool factor is absolutely there. And, uh, and I loved it. All right. And then performance factor, we're going to go one to one to 10 again. Yeah, I'm going to go pretty low. And the reason being is just, I think it would take quite a bit of time on this bike to get used to it. I think that, um, yeah, I think that I think you'd be struggling a little bit um, with it for 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 that, and even you know for somebody that you know like myself that has quite a bit of experience with these things, it was still it was still pretty daunting. So, you know, performance factor, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with probably like um, I'm gonna go like a seven, 
Gunther is going to be pissed. Well, I'm sorry, you know, yeah, in, but you have to look at why why you're getting the bike. And yeah, I mean, it was cool, right? My first flying lap was was still a good lap time, but I think I could I could have dropped that by the end of the day, probably another whatever four or five seconds. But I think those last seconds on these bikes would be would actually be pretty difficult to chase. So say speed on this thing versus a, a bike you have a lot of time on, like a stock thousand RR. So if you took the bone stalker, which is a really sick setup, uh, how different is the lap time going to be between the two bikes? Yeah, I think the Beamer is going to be, I think the, the HP4 is going to be, it's going to be quicker, but I think the amount of um, time and energy spent in that is, is going to be tough. But I think yeah, it's going to take a while to get there, but I think overall lap time, and I'll just use myself as an example, I don't think it's going to be that, I don't think it's going to be that different. I think it's going to be maybe a second or two a lap. Okay, so about 60,000 a second. So yeah. That's, that's, yeah, I mean, that's the reality of it. Carbon rims are pretty cool, though. Oh, the whole thing's bitching. Yeah, I mean, just, again, the sexiness factor of it is bitching. Speaking of sexiness, let's uh, let's transition. Yeah, Italian this, supermodel. This, this is the one I want. So this, okay. Yeah. So we got to give some some background here. I, I went out and got myself a Ducati, Panigale 959. And yes, you did. Ken Ken tells me the, the supermodel Ducati story. Do you want to just give some, I, I think that's important context for this this conversation. Okay, so Ducati supermodel story and the the Ducati supermodel story, which um, people that sort of in my circle have heard this many times, but yeah, the, the Ducatis are like a, a you know this this incredibly sexy Italian supermodel, and so you've got this Italian supermodel as your girlfriend, and she is beyond amazing, right? She's everything. So you're you know you're at a dinner party with her, and she's the one in the you know the the uh, the, the the red dress. You know, legs up to, you know, up to the sky. Everything's amazing. And she's the life of the party. Everybody loves her. And uh, you're just like, yeah, yep, yeah, that's my girl. That's my girl. That's right my there. girl. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, she's, everybody's just can't, you know, just loves her. And then later on, she walks up to you and she says, um, she says, hey, uh, sorry about that, but I just slept with this guy. Yeah. And you're just like, what? And then you go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's my fault. It's my fault. I didn't buy you that diamond necklace. That's you right. That's right. I didn't buy. I didn't buy their diamond necklace. I didn't, you know, take her to wherever on vacation. It's my fault, and that's that's kind of the uh, the Italian supermodel story, which is yeah. I didn't buy her the exhaust system. I didn't buy her the special swing arm, and uh, that's that's kind of how that worked. Yeah, the reason so, she spit me off on the front straight. That's my fault. That's, that's my fault. That's because we yeah. didn't buy the 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 GP specs rear sets. That is correct. Yeah. Enter the Panigale V4. So a student shows up on one of our Rick days. He's uh, actually pretty new to riding and has this, this monster. It's three colors. It looks, Martha, yeah. forgive me. Martha's my girlfriend. It, it was the sexiest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and you know, I'll just start off with when you talk about the sexy factor, I actually found it less sexy than the HP4. That's just my, because I, I like a lot of the, the cool the cool stuff. And a lot of stuff on the Ducati is pretty hidden. Yeah, it's boxed up. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, hidden. I agree. So I, I found, you know, I'll probably give the, um, I'd probably give the, uh, the V4 maybe an eight or eight and a half on the sexiness scale. I mean, it's a mate, it's bitching, um, but it just doesn't have the, the, the gear head sexiness that the HP4 has that, that stuff. It, again, a lot of the Ducati stuff's hidden. No, I'm going to cut to the, the chase here. We'll tell the story. So I, <laughs> Ken goes out on this thing. I'm, I'm in the garage and I'm I'm looking at my bank balance and and hoping he's going to come in and, and say wow this thing was a, a pile yeah steaming pile yeah and, yeah uh, he comes in and uh, flips up his visor and the first thing he said was yeah it's the best production bike I've ever ridden yeah yeah but I mean honestly bar none so 
you know, I've, I've read a little bit about this bike and I know, I know, you know, some of the stuff on it and I've talked to some of the people that have ridden it and I was actually kind of avoiding, I, you know, I knew the bike was going to be good. And I know, you know, Ducati's made such progress in the electronics. They kind of eked out everything they could out of the, out of the last generation bikes. And, you know, the power bands were a little bit goofy on them. And so I, you know, they sort of addressed all those issues with this bike. And so I almost didn't want to ride it because I knew, God dang it, it, yeah. it was going to be good. And of course, that's what I had heard as well. So I get on the bike and, you know, he puts it in whatever the, the one of the race modes of the thing. And, you know, of course, I, I you know, to figure out the dash, you got to go to, I think you have to take a, a night class yeah. uh, to figure out. PhD. In that's right. Yeah. That's in, in electronics on the yeah. thing. So I said, yeah, what, you know, just point me in the right direction. So I go out and I'm on Miller East, uh, East track, still running stock tires, which of course they were, they were very, very good. Um, and I was blown away at, first of all, the ergonomics of the bike was fantastic. You know, I'm pretty inward attentive about how I want to fit on the bike, how I use the fuel tank. And the thing was, the thing was absolutely great. Um, there's plenty of room on it. Easy to unweight your hands. The tank had a really different shape, right? It, the, the 1299, that tank is pretty narrow. Yeah. And, and this was, this was great. I fit, I fit on the bike fantastic. And I just, I mean, it felt, I didn't want, I, I didn't want to adjust any of the ergonomics on the bike. I felt, I felt great with it. So that part of it, I'd rolled out and it felt great. And of course, you know, the first thing I do is kind of, we kind of have a rule. Like when you, when you ride a bike like this, right, you want to have the thing pinned within like a minute. Yeah. yeah I mean, so, I mean, just as you roll out, so I roll out on East track and of course, yeah, I take the thing, you know, up through, up through second gear. And, um, I was, I was shocked at um, two things. One, how friendly the power band was, and two, how fast it was. It was so deceivingly fast that I rolled out. I'm like, wow, this thing goes pretty good. Then it just revs and revs and revs. And I, I, yeah, I was, I was blown away. And so, you know, I got a few laps on the bike and I, I just kept going quicker and quicker and quicker, but there was no intimidation with the bike. It was, it, I mean, yeah, brutally fast, right? Punch in the face fast at, at the high end. But uh, it was very, it was very rider friendly. You know, throttle mapping was was excellent, uh, which is something that we've seen not so great with some of the other models. You know, good but not great. But just the way the power band was delivered, uh, this thing was absolutely fantastic, and it just kept pulling. Also, when the electronics came in after a couple laps, when when I got up to pace, yeah, this is a bike that you know, even though Miller's got or UMC's got great grip, I mean, knee on the ground, third corner, just super easy to do. Uh, and as the pace came up, um, I started to get into the TC quite a bit and it was, uh, the TC would come in, but the bike would absolutely drive forward. You didn't have to let up on the throttle. You weren't going, wow, the TC's in and, and, and neutering what I'm doing here. The thing just got pushed forward. Braking, of course, was excellent. Front end feedback was great. Probably would have liked a little bit of a stiffer front end, at least slow the speed down on the brakes. But yeah, overall, I mean, I, I wouldn't have changed anything on the rear suspension at all. I thought it was great. And how about the chassis, friend? So, so that's that's something that blew me away. And having coming off the HP4 experience of how light the bike steered and how um, I had to adjust um, my initial body movements for that bike, um, I I was blown away. This bike steered nearly as good as the HP4, and like the, so the counter rotating crank um, did, its, did its thing. Yeah, it was it was gobsmacking. It was um, it was brilliant. And this so this is a bike that I felt I got up to pace pretty quickly on. And I, you know, I didn't feel like I was, um, I felt like I could control what the bike was doing. I didn't feel like I was behind on the bike where the H before I constantly felt like I was a little bit behind with it. 
Here I didn't. I felt like, you know, I was very proactive with everything and I could just, I could keep going faster and the bike would give me, uh, give me what I wanted. You know, the, the, the turning, especially uh, in the attitudes uh, with the bike, it turned nearly as quick as the HP4. And that, that I, I was pretty shocked about that. Yeah, I was, I was super impressed with it. You know, the, the chassis had rigidity to it, but I still had a lot of feedback, right? I, you know, so you still had confidence that your, that your tire carcasses were in contact with the pavement and that you were able to flex the carcasses the way that you wanted, you wanted to flex them, whether it was with the front brake or whether it was with the throttle. I mean, you basically said this was a detuned MotoGP bike. Yeah. So it's really funny. That's actually a great comparison, Zach, because, you know, when you look at the HP4, it felt like, you know, a sort of a, a, um, maybe semi-docile world superbike. Yeah. Production bike. This bike felt like a Grand Prix bike. I mean, it felt like a proper, um, you know, it was just even the way the bike, you, you sat on it and the way you felt on the bike, it definitely felt more um, Grand Prix-ish um, prototype bike rather than production bike. And again, just the way the, the, way the power was delivered, it, it, allowed you, uh, it allowed you to use it in, in, in a friendly but punched-in-the-face way. You know, and I think that's what you and I were talking about after. I, I thought a lot about which Ducati. I, I was going to get a Ducati. I needed the I needed the the Italian supermodel. In yeah, the, in the I think every every male that rides a motorcycle has to yeah, go through own that. one. And you've yeah. owned them. Let's let's be honest. Uh, you've been thrown off your yeah, fair share. I have. That's correct. Um, you know, and, and you and I talked about the twelve nine nine versus the the nine five nine, and I actually could ride the nine five nine almost more quickly than I could the twelve. I just couldn't, I couldn't come to grips with the 1299. Yeah, the 1299, I mean, it's a very good motorcycle as well, but it's so fast. I mean, so fast and the way that the power is delivered, um, it's quite, I mean, frankly, it's intimidating the way it works. The 959, when we rode yours uh, initially, even when it was bone stock, that did not last very long. No, I Um, I will concede. I I had big plans to keep this thing stock. That lasted. uh, Yeah, that didn't work. Yeah, no, no. She got a new necklace right out of the gate. Yeah, exactly. Um, But, you know, even even on that bike, I mean, you can can jump on the 959, and I'm super impressed with that bike. I mean, you can jump on it and do extremely good lap times and not have any intimidation factor. I mean, you can absolutely use the power, um, the way the chassis works. And, uh, I mean, super easy to use. And so, and so that was my question to you was like, yeah. if I go, went from a nine, five, nine, not intimidating platform, jumped on the, the B4, am I going to be having an aneurysm or is this no, no, like no. I want? So honestly that, and again, a great question because, you know, the jump between say the nine, five, nine and the 1299 was, was, was a, it was a big jump. It, you know, just the way the bike delivered the power, the way the bike felt, the way the bike turned. I mean, it just felt like a much bigger motorcycle and it was very difficult to use that power here, you know, just the way the power is delivered uh, and the way the bike turns. Yeah. I actually feel that this is a less of a jump 959 to 1299 than the jump from the 959 to the V4 is is an easier jump. It's way easier swallowed than going to the 12, than the 1299. And there is my $35,000 check. Thank yeah, you, Ken Hill. sorry, sorry. But yeah, very lucky to be able to ride these bikes. Yeah, super blessed to be in that position. And yeah, God, they're absolutely, absolutely amazing. Now you've been dancing around the subject. You got you to gotta buy one of them. We're going to ask actually three ways. One, you got to buy one of them. That's our first question. Two, which are you going to do a quicker lap time on? And then three, just like sex appeal. So yeah, so which are you going to buy? That's a tough one. If I'm going to buy one, I'm going to buy the Ducati. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's just easier to ride. I feel like I could ride the bike all day long, and it wouldn't tire me out, and I could just do the business whenever I needed to, if I needed to. Not that big a deal. Second question, quickest lap time. Yeah, Ducati. And, ma- and mainly from the comfort and confidence factor. 
you know, the Beamer, the Beamer's extremely good. Um, but I think that the time and effort to get there would, would, would be a little bit, uh, be a little bit daunting. I think you could do the lap time on the Ducati extremely easily. Okay. And sex appeal. I think we, we nodded at this earlier. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess if I were to have one bike sitting in my, you know, living room, uh, it would be the Beamer. I mean, it's just, it's so incredibly, I mean, it just drips, it just drips coolness uh, and gearhead. So there you go. I guess, so I guess the Ducati wins two out of three. Good. All right. Well, we've, we've done our, our podcast takeover. Um, why don't you, you review this, give him five stars, BMW, if you want to sponsor it, maybe that'll, that'll convert his rating of your, uh, your next bike. Yeah. Um, yeah. There you go. Yeah. I am taking, I am taking motorcycle yeah, sponsors. He, for sure. he's, he's for sure not above that. I can confirm. Yeah. But you're also going to get the truth. So um, you like it or not, that's the way it goes. There you go. Well, everybody, we got to, I think all collectively give Ken a, a thanks for these podcasts. I, I love listening to them and fun to, to come here and be able to uh, participate. Yep. So, yeah. Thanks for everything you do. Ken. Yep. Thanks Zach. All right. Copyright 2018, Ken Hill Coaching, all rights reserved.